there's a general, arguably universal, agreement that the Steelers have an exceptionally gifted group of young wide receivers. Well, let's see it then. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. Day two of minicamp is in the books for the football team at Heinz Field. And there isn't a whole lot, as I keep saying on this show, that you can call from these things. And even what you can, if you're a reporter there, you have to follow NFL practice reporting guidelines, and there isn't a whole lot that you can share. But I'm quite comfortable letting you know that, and this is big news, the receivers have some talent. They're pretty good at catching footballs. They're pretty good at adjusting under a ball that's over their heads on a deep pass. They're really good on the quick slant stuff. And they've definitely got the legs to be able to make some extra yardage out of shorter passes. You know what they're not good at? (laughs) I, I know, right? Receiving. Catching the ball. And if that seems unduly harsh, well, let's put that into some numerical perspective here. From 2018 to 2019... Ben Roethlisberger had 26 of his passes dropped. Now, bear in mind that he obviously played very little in 2019, but that's the total number of drops of his passes. In 2020, Ben had 41 passes dropped, more than any team in the National Football League. We all talk about the Steelers ranking dead last in rushing, but they also ranked dead last in this. And that's a heck of a thing. Because unlike the running back position, where I think, you know, without being mean here, we all saw James Conner for being what he was eventually brittle largely unproductive unable to do much of anything to the outside and yet curiously attached to running to the outside but that was addressed that was addressed emphatically by drafting Najee Harris and ideally optimally having an upgraded more physical offensive line that that really remains to be seen actually everything in there does but at least attempts were made with the wide receivers nothing's changing nothing's changing it's the same group and i'm going to break down the individual numbers for this same group drop rates among the sealers last year deontay johnson's 15 drops were number one in the NFL, and I don't say that in a good way. 
he dropped 13.7% of the passes his way. And understand that when we're talking about drops here, we're talking about ice cold, no doubt, ball was right between the numbers, drop. Not a 50-50 ball, not a combat catch, not a had to reach up with one hand, none of that. Drops. 15 drops for Deontay Johnson. 13.7% rate. James Washington, who I know I think of as being a lot more shorthanded than this, had an 11.8% drop rate. Now, he doesn't get targeted as much, so his percent is going to go a lot higher. I have a feeling that if James was more involved in the offense, you'd see that number come way down. Eric Ebron, who does count in this category, 11.1%. James Conner, since we're already piling on, 10.3%. Chase Claypool at 6.1%. And then Juju Smith-Schuster shows up at 3%. Juju's actually really good in this in this area. Um, he, like everyone else on the team, caught a massive case of the dropsies. You'll recall about three-quarters of the way into the season. But for the most part, Juju's really, really good in this area. But he's just mentioned here just to be complete. Overall, this is beyond the pale unacceptable. So when Ike Hilliard, the Steelers wide receivers coach, met with us yesterday at Steelers minicamp, he was asked about all these drops and what it is that he and the coaching staff can do about it. Fortunately, drops are part of the game. Uh, obviously, we had too many balls on the ground. Uh, it, it's been discussed. Our, our group understands and uh, they, they know that uh, we have to do a better job of not putting the ball on the ground. Uh, we work at it every day and we're going to uh, be cognizant of, of limiting uh, our drops going forward during the season. Doesn't seem like much of an answer, huh? I mean, he had to know it was coming. You have the wide receivers coach show up, and his wide receivers had all these drops. You probably should have been stunned if it wasn't all of the questions that you'd be asked. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George. LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who've filed for workers' comp or medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG have been designated super lawyers for over 15 years. That's a capital S and a capital L, and it's designated for the top 5% of attorneys in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Learn more about LGKG at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454 to see how they can help you. So what do you do? I mean, it's easy for me to pick at Hilliard's answer, but I'm not sure what I would have said differently or what I would do differently. The strangest problem this team has is this one. Because all you have to do is watch Deontay in particular and see the hands that he's got. Dude's 
he's he's a human Velcro machine. He catches everything. Uh, his hands are quick. They're smooth. He pulls the ball in. He doesn't wave it around. And yet, he has these drops. Or, specifically, to that period I already referenced, the one that got him benched in Buffalo, he has these episodes of drops. Kind of like, uh, I guess, a, a basketball player who just can't make a shot to save his life for a little while and then eventually kind of gets it back. What do you do about that? How do you correct that? You can talk about sports psychologists. Every team has sports psychologists. Every player on the Steelers spends time with one, mostly for positive purposes. That's just how professional sports are right now. But what do you do to fix it? How do you make it better? The only guy out of all the ones that I mentioned to you who's had this problem his whole career, and, and I don't know that it can be corrected as a result, is Ebron. He's just been a drop guy. He was a drop guy in Indianapolis. He's a drop guy here. And he also, at the same time, will do things, especially down near the goal line, and make catches that make you go, wow, <laughs> this dude can do anything. But the rest of these guys, it's... It's a difficult thing to explain, and I'll bet it's a really, really difficult thing to correct. But it has to be. It has to be. And honestly, it surprises me that it doesn't come up more often. When we come back, just one question. One question in today's comes from Greg Tony who asks, How long has it been since the Steelers have been this thin in so many areas? They look good starter wise, but man, they're one injury away in so many areas of being below average in proven personnel. Yes, agreed. And on every single count, there's depth. At, hmm, let's see here. I mean, you can say there's depth at quarterback. Mason Rudolph's an NFL quarterback. There's two tight ends, one of them being a rookie who's yet to take a single snap in the NFL. Um, thinking here, depth. B.J. Finney's nice depth at either center or left guard on defense what are we looking at here yeah well um linebackers safety corners yeah i i got nothing man i got nothing but this is what happens when an nfl team in a cap league puts together enough legit star-level talent, and they have to be compensated as such that even when you lose a couple of guys, notably Bud Dupree, you're still left really thin. 
Yeah, I thought there might be more departures than there were. I thought Eric Ebron was a possibility. I obviously thought wrong. I I look on the defensive side of the ball, and if you think about Tyson Alualu first committing to Jacksonville and then, you know, semi-reneging on that and returning to Pittsburgh, that would have been some additional money, but he would have just needed to be replaced. There wasn't anybody in-house to do that. If you think about inside linebacker where, you know, Vince Williams was released and then, you know, Vinny takes the one-fourth pay cut, meaning he's coming back for one-fourth of what he was supposed to have made, That's uh, they're lucky to have the depth that they do, is what I'm trying to say. Is it the right approach? I, I think so. I think you always find a way to make sure that you take care of your top talent and that you're keeping T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, guys like that but this is the way they decided to allocate the money and I don't believe that they're going to be any different than any other team in the league that has these types of players on it because they're all operating under the same cap restrictions and of course as we know from last year to this year it's a flat cap so that's going to be exacerbated further i'll promise you this much greg they're having this dialogue everywhere right about now at least for teams that are competitive or contending because the flat cap is really what this is all about if the cap had grown even a little bit the steelers could have gotten some backups at certain positions that would have been of a higher pedigree than what they've got, but it didn't. And think about this, too. They still need, and I am underscoring the term need, a third edge rusher and a third safety. And they don't have all that much money left in the bank. So what they're counting on is that this industry-wide issue of the flat cap is going to knock down the asking prices of Malik Hooker or whoever it is that they'd bring in to fill these two positions, or they just won't fill them. I know, I, I have a hard time wrapping my head around Cassius Marsh getting on the field as often as a third edge rusher does, but you can't circumvent the cap, you know? You're going to have to find a way to work within it. So, yes, emphatically, yes, is the answer to your question. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And we'll do another one tomorrow where I'll be looking at minicamp as a whole since it'll be ending this morning over at Heinz Field.